2: What's going on, everybody? This is BJM Radio, episode number 276. I am Jimmy Kemski from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of bleedinggreennation.com. We both cover the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 2-0, baby, after spanking the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football in front of a national audience, week three upcoming, and who's right around the bend? Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders down in Landover, Maryland. Brandon, what's going on, buddy?
1: Jimmy, I'm doing well. Just ate ten hot dogs last night. Ten, a dollar. dollar <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, Citizens Bank Park. The Phillies came back and won. So big win for the Phillies.
2: Oh, was that one per? That was extra
1: innings, right? So would you do one per inning? I mean, I didn't do it at that pace. I don't think. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. It's tough when you slow down like that. I just did. I did eight. And then I bought a couple more to get to 10. Um, So good job by me. If you want some meat (laughs) snacks, not hot dogs, better than hot dogs, you go to RighteousSelling.com and use discount code BGN20 from now to the end of the month We're we're slowly approaching or fastly approaching, rapidly approaching, I feel like, the end of September. So if you want to use that discount code, 20% off instead of 15, you got to do it now. BGN20 at RighteousSelling.com. But Jimmy, enough of that, I mean, Desperately needed, before we move on, desperately needed win by the Phillies. Desperately uh, needed over the After, to, to break a five-game losing night. streak. For more Phillies talk, thegoodfight.com, our SB Nation uh, sister site. John Stolness does a lot of good work over there. Uh, but yes, Jimmy, honestly, who cares about the Phillies right now? With all due respect, <laughs> because the Eagles are 2-0. and Coming off a big win, like you said. And I feel like there's probably no more appropriate place to start than... How about Aaron Sipos running down that uh, tackle? <laughs> for this, uh, you know the Google
2: Underrated big play by Aaron. Yep. But, yeah, I know where you're going here. Obviously, the the performance by Jalen Hurts in this game was, I mean, you would agree it's probably the best performance of his career, right? His professional career. Yeah,
1: I don't think, what's second? Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't Maybe,
2: think. so, like, the first half of that Broncos game last okay. year, he was really good. I agree. And then the second half, um, they're kind of protecting the lead. I, th- I know he threw at least one pick in that game. But, but, but was it two that he threw? He threw a, a drop pick or a near pick
1: at some point in there.
2: The Saints game last year was impressive. He made a lot of highlight real plays in that game, but a lot of them were, were with his legs mm-hmm. and things, you know. <laughs> there, we've quibbled, quibbled in the past about him not putting together like a complete game, uh, both as a runner and a passer. But as a passer in this game, mm. he was fantastic. And what the problem... The problem that opposing defenses are going to face with him moving forward is that he was so good against the Vikings zone defense. like he was he was reading their defense well, and he was putting he was putting the ball. his accuracy in this game was better than I've seen him uh, you know have in in any other game of his career. He was putting the ball in the right spot. He was on the same page with his wide receivers. They knew exactly where to sit down in the zones um he was giving he was giving chances his wide receivers chances to get yards after the catch with his ball placement but he was just shredding their zone defense and if he can continue to do that that's going to be a big problem for opposing defenses because if you don't play zone defense against him, he's such a threat as a scrambler zone defense allows the defense to kind of keep their eyes on on the on a mobile quarterback like him whereas if you're playing man you're chasing the receiver all over the field and you can't do that as well of course so eye-opening performance by him you have written down here in the show notes that it was a ceiling raising performance yeah and uh i agree with that so before the season began we kind of looked at him and we went what is his ceiling like we thought that his floor was reasonably high but we but we wondered what can what is his realistic ceiling and he showed on Monday night that maybe we underestimated what his ceiling can possibly be.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think we saw this in training camp to this level. I really don't. No. Um, I think you can say, again, there's signs of improvement. Because to this extent, I mean, I don't think you can say that. Um, But it's a very good development for the Eagles and the Eagles fans. This is the kind of performance I wanted to see from him, Jimmy. Like, I leave no doubt, nothing to quibble about. Like, just just like mm-hmm. in-your-face kind of. Like I'm really good, or this is really good. There's nothing you can pick apart. Um, nothing you can even really nitpick too much at. So, uh, all the credit in the world to Jalen Hurts for pulling that off. I just thought like the throws he were att- attempting, or, like throws I don't I don't even know if I've seen them attempt before. Like yeah, the, like, and again he, I wrote in the show notes as well. Like even his incompletions, which there weren't many of them, were impressive. Like the throw he had to Goddard that everyone saw, where there's like three defenders nearby. And he's putting it right where only Goddard can possibly make a play on it, and Goddard gets his hands on it. It's just that uh, what Cameron Dantzler like knocks it out. It's a good pass breakup, like yeah. And then there was the throw along the left sideline where Hertz was rolling left, which is obviously not his uh, dominant mm-hmm. side, uh, and it's Quez Watkins down the sideline. and gets wiped out, but by, by a holding penalty. But like, it's still a really good throw. So uh, I thought Jalen Hertz was sensational in this game. It does raise the Eagle ceiling in terms of being like a legitimate Super Bowl contender, especially in a week NFC. Um, this was, Jalen Hurts is in the MVP conversation early on. Like, but to me, I have to say like this performance did it for me more. Like the, the week one performance was fine. Again, I, I just kind of wondered, Um, I, I wanted to see more. That's honestly how I'd put it. It left me wanting to see more. Like, okay, that's good, but I still want to see more. And he delivered. He absolutely showed us more this week. Yeah.
2: If he plays this way consistently over the course of the season, he's a top five quarterback, like no doubt about it uh, in the NFL. Of course, hard to do that. <laughs> we'll see how he plays going forward, of course. But you mentioned the two throws that I thought those those were his two best throws and they didn't count. The, <laughs> the best throw was the one to Quez on the sideline or um, Quez had a nice catch on that too at the yeah. toe drag. And then Goddard. I actually asked Hertz mm-hmm. on I heard this. Wednesday. <laughs> you were you listening, you were listening yeah. on that. So yeah. I asked him, uh, "Is that a t- is that a pass that you only attempt if you're kind of feeling it uh, during a game?" He wanted to know part of that question. <laughs> I don't he know said, why. Like, <laughs> I'm, just like <laughs> I'm just playing ball. I'm just playing ball. But it was a pass that I mean, there were three receive, there were three defenders right around Goddard, and he put that pass in the perfect spot up high where Goddard could get it in between the three defenders, and Goddard almost made a really nice catch on that. But as you mentioned, Dancer was able to knock that out. Um, Great throw to Quez on the deep ball, in my opinion. Uh, that was a, a, a. By the way, Shane Steichen has done a phenomenal job calling these games mm-hmm. too. Like the, they're running, they're running concepts like one after the next, where they'll show they'll show something on one play, and then they'll run like sort of the next level off that play mm-hmm. uh, later in the game. I think he's done a phenomenal job. That they, they that that play call on the deep ball to Quez uh, against quarters coverage. Where they had, I think it was Goddard running sort of an out route, uh, deep, deeper down the field, and Quez just taking it straight up the field, put those uh, two defensive backs sort of in a bind. 24 bit the cheese, came up on yep. Goddard, tried to take that away, and oops, Quez, oops, right down the field. Good throw by Hertz, like 60 yards in the air, I'd say, something like that. Um, showed a little bit of, of his arm strength on, on that play, and uh, did sort of the arms crossed. I'm the man kind of pose yeah. uh, uh, after that play. So a little swag from from Hertz uh, after that play as well. But yeah, he was phenomenal. I mean, there's, there's no other way to put it. He was outstanding in that game. They only put 24 points on the board, hmm. which when you look at the way the game sort of went, not a big deal at all in my opinion. They got all 24 other points in the first half. Second half, you look at their possessions. The first possession was um, the blocked field goal. The second and they moved the ball like, I don't know, like fifty, sixty yards, I believe, on that drive. Second possession was wiped out by the holding call, the aforementioned mm-hmm. holding call on the great play to on the great throw to to Quez Watkins. They were in first and twenty. They almost converted that first and twenty anyway, but uh wound up having to punt. Third possession was what? They that was the Kenny Gainwell drop that led to the interception. Right. Jordan and, Hicks. And then the fourth possession, there was like three minutes left, and they were just Yeah trying to, or no, 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 there's like six or seven minutes left and they, they, they took like three minutes off the clock mm. running the ball and they, and they bled two timeouts, uh, from the Vikings. So nothing wrong at all with the way that, that he played, uh, in the second half, uh, compared to the Broncos game that we mentioned earlier, where he was at, like outstanding in the first half of that game. And then not as much, uh, in the second half, but I thought it was a complete game by Jalen Hurts, and just sort of the the way that game went in the second half, not concerning at all to me in, in any way, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's really no, nothing more that we can say about the way that he played in that game and, and really encouraging for for the Eagles' long-term future. And maybe he is the franchise quarterback definitively now at this point, but also the short term. Like, they're legit Super Bowl contenders. Yep. They're the best-looking team right now in the NFC.
1: Yeah, I did my power rankings this week for bloodygreennation.com. I have them fifth. I have them behind the Bucks still. Just. I think the Bucks don't as look die. as good, but yeah, I mean, you you have to give the Tampa Bay and Tom Brady like some level. Their defense, dude, is awesome, and, and their defense is only allowed I think like 13 points or whatever in two games. Like, there's there's some level of like I, I call it like baked in benefit of the doubt. I think that the Bucks get from having again like the yes. best quarterback of all time and a really good defensive coordinator and and a team that's won in the playoffs and been there. Um, and at a lot of levels i do think the eagles have a chance of beating them to be clear but i'm saying like i don't think you can put the it's a little unfair to me to put the, the bucks behind them just yet but they're right there uh they're certainly right at the top of the league with everything that they have going for them high quarterback play high level quarterback play um strong offensive line all these skill players all these weapons who got more involved than they did in week one where it was more of the aj brown show naturally devontae smith Got a target on the first play of the game. Mm-hmm. He, he caught all seven of his targets for um he had five first downs, I believe. So he helped moved the team. Eighty
2: yards, I think, something like right that. Right
1: around there. Um, Dallas Goddard led the team in receiving. He's just obviously and he's such an efficient target in terms of his, his yards per reception were like what, like 16 point something. On he, the year, he's at 14.5. That's high for a tight end.
2: Last year he was 10.9, which was fifth in the entire NF, not just tight ends, any any player yeah. fifth in the NFL, which is extraordinarily rare for a tight end to do that. He was first among tight ends. I think the second I think the second guy was Kelsey, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: who was like almost two full yards behind him, something like that. (laughs) So so yeah, like when they go
1: his way, he produces. Uh, I will say that was Jonathan Gannon coordinating the Vikings defense. Did he go back to Minnesota? Because (laughs) I see a lot of talk about how the Vikings were playing so soft and flipping it to Gannon. I mean, cheap shot aside. You got results. That's what I was, I need to get some, give me some results and he got results. It seemed like the defense was more aggressive um, and Kirk cousins for as much as I don't believe in him is a guy who I think at least, you know, com- going back to last year's standard of any quarterback who isn't like total garbage, awful mm-hmm. uh, should be able to put some, some volume up against your defense with some good numbers. And especially when you have Justin Jefferson, who is the yeah. arguably the best receiver in the NFL and all the credit in the world for Gannon for having answers, all the credit in the world to Darius Slay, the NFC mm-hmm. defensive player of the week with his two picks had five pass breakups really should have had like at what, like at least three interceptions, maybe four or five. Like the ball. he the thought stands. he should have had three. I thought he should have had more than that. Yeah.
2: Well, the one, I mean, he should have had the one on the play right before he got the yes. interception anyway, so he wouldn't have gotten the interception that he
1: had if he had just caught the first one, true,
2: so but he so had a maybe couple you don't more count that, that, that
1: one like, still that I thought we <laughs> dropped, but whatever, Yes. I mean, you will take it, I mean he locked up. He had a
2: drop in the first gate in the first week too that's right the Lions. yeah I mean jeez, yeah.
1: um but uh yeah he he locked down Justin Jefferson that was huge, it's not an easy matchup, and uh yeah, what else what so what I guess what did you th- come away with thinking that like was better about the defense and why they got better results
2: well i um just taking a step back, before this week, I picked the Vikings to win this game, oops, uh, on the premise that I haven't yet seen the Eagles' defense, sl- I mean, even come close Slow to slowing down, down yeah. any kind of competent passing offense, and certainly the Vikings have that with, you know, we, we I don't like Kirk Cousins either, but he puts up numbers and they're, they, you know, they obviously have Justin Jefferson and other, like, weapons on that offense too, like Dalvin Cook. And um, KJ Osborne, I like, and and Adam Thielen isn't as good as he used to be. It was still, you know, he's still a good chain moving type of wide receiver. Irv Smith. Irv Smith. I mean, he had a big drop. The Eagles were mm. fortunate on that one. Yeah. CJ GJ was a lot of position on on that mm. one. He, you know that I don't know whatever <laughs> like, but uh, he didn't convert on on a, on what should have been a huge play down the field, maybe a touchdown. Um, but what I liked about what Jonathan Gannon did in this game is he brought pressure. And when he did bring pressure, I thought he brought it uh, at the right times, uh, both the times where it made sense, but also where they kind of caught the Vikings a little bit off guard. And their blitzes got home, too. It wasn't like he's had games where he's blitzed, you know, a, a decent amount, but they just, he just didn't scheme up a guy to get free. In this game, guys are getting free and they were getting, you know, close to to uh, Kirk Cousins and making them, th- you know, one one of the blitzes led to a pick. But he was also just kind of unloading the ball quickly when they were blitzing him just to nobody in particular. Um, Javon Hargrave had the hit on him. Was that the was that week one or week two where he had the hit that led to an interception? And then Mr.
1: T than Tui Peloto had. The oh, hit that, that was
2: Yeah, Tui Tui was week one, and then Hargrave had the hit that led to a pick in week two. Uh, Fletcher Cox had a big play where he yeah. got to Cousins and, and knocked the ball out. Yeah, it turned like um, third
1: and ten into fourth and twenty-two. Yeah.
2: so the defense came up big at a number of different different uh times where they were put in a bad position, like after the block punt, the Vikings at good field position, after the Kenny Gainwell drop and subsequent interception, they were back, you know, that the Vikings had a chance to to punch it in there, couldn't do it, wound up getting picked by uh Darius Slay. So there were a number of different times where they were backed like the defense was put into a position um where um you know the Vikings had a, a short field and they got no points out of it and you know the pressure that 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 gannon dialed up was good and and i thought they had a good plan for jefferson whether that what nick Sirianni talked about this yesterday where where whether it was just you know slay versus jefferson one on one uh didn't happen all that much slay had help uh, at various times throughout the game and then when slay wasn't on jefferson uh it was sort of um not double coverage necessarily but there there was certainly the defense was shading to his side uh so they had a good plan for for how to slow him down jefferson wound up with 6 catches for 40 something I think on 12 targets. So he he was like 4 yards per target uh, on that game and a number of passes that went his way were either picked or should have been picked. So the efficiency uh when he was targeted uh on Monday night was terrible and Darius Slay f- frankly owned him in that game. And the one thing that I didn't see that apparently happened during the game because we're in the press box we're not want, we don't get to hear the the TV commentators or like anything that's happening uh, on TV or whatever, but Kevin O'Connell was doing a, doing an interview on the sideline apparently, and he said that Slay was a bad matchup for Jefferson, <laughs> which I thought is very interesting and it's true. Like Slay does a good job on those types of receivers that are you know sort of like really good route runners, um, uh, just like a good hands, like the, the 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 type of guys that maybe don't have like super elite speed, but just manage but but are fast and managed to get open like like your Terry McLaurin's of the world, Marty your Amari Coopers, like those kinds of players. He does he's more susceptible to like the bigger guys. Like he's had his worst games against like DeVonte Adams mm-hmm. or you know DK Metcalf. Um but these types of, you know, receivers that are similarly sized to him, but, but are great route earners. He's able to stick with those guys. And I think that's exactly what Justin Jefferson is. So it was interesting to hear O'Connell say that during the game, frankly, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but also that he was right. And, and, and it turned out that that Slay had indeed had a great game against him.
1: Jefferson had his lowest yards per reception mark in a game since like week seven, of his rookie season. So mm, pretty okay. impressive performance by Darius Slay. Uh, the way I put it after the game, kind of zooming out a little bit, but including Gannon in here, and we all said it time and time again, Hertz and Gannon, biggest Eagles question marks. We we started the show with that last week and like both of them like were not question marks on Monday night, by any means they were like strengths. That's, that's really good that that's ceiling mm-hmm. raising kind of stuff going back to that term. And, um, I had a point in Gannon, but I'm losing it. I can't remember. Yeah, you
2: know what? One, one thing I'll mention quickly on Gannon, too, is the run game. They got shredded yeah, by the Lions week one. Like DeAndre Swift had a, had a, had a bunch of big gains. The one really big game. Um, uh, Jamal Williams did did some damage to them as well. D- Dalvin Cook and, and Alexander Madison are a really good one-two duo yep. of running backs uh, that the Vikings have, and they can Eagles completely shut that down. Uh, So, you know, kudos to the Eagles for sort of fixing their run fits. And then also their tackling was abysmal week one, much better in week two,
1: obviously. Much better in week two. This is the kind of performance that um, it doesn't like erase all doubt about Jonathan Gannon, I would say. Mm -hmm. Still have to see it time and time again. And then even with Jalen Hurts, too. I I mean, I think it erases more doubt for me from Jalen Hurts than it does Gannon if I'm comparing. But still, I mean, you got to see these guys stack these kind of performances And doesn't have to be this dominant each week, but you need we need to see more more of this as opposed to, you know, what we saw in week one with the defense. So definitely a step in the right direction is how I would phrase it. Uh, Any other takeaways from the game? It's
2: just an exciting time right now to be an Eagles fan. I mean, you got to be really kind of you look at the upcoming schedule is super easy. (laughs) Like you look at like the next eight games on their schedule. Let me just pull that up real quick. I did an article
1: this off. So What's I, that? I wrote an article on on BGN Jimmy called "Let's not get ahead of ourselves," but the Eagles are totally starting <laughs> ten and zero. I mean, look at their schedule and tell me like I'm I'm way off base. What's the worst case scenario? Like so, it's at Commanders,
2: at Commanders, Jaguars, at Cardinals, who look like worse than I think we thought they might be before mm. the season began. Cowboys at home, they probably still won't have Dak for that. Steelers at home, Steelers look awful. Uh, Steelers so after the bye Texans too. On, Texans on the road. Commanders at home. Commanders after the mini At minibuy. the Colts. The Colts are just shut kind out. of a... I mean, they're a mess right now. Frank Reich is, is suddenly like right behind Matt Rule on the potential firings list. Uh, and then the Packers at home. So mm. you have to wait until... What week is that anyway? Packers. That's like week, uh, week 12. 12. Okay. That they play the Packers, and they'll have already had their bye. So that's their 11th game of the season. You're right. Like, I think, I don't think they're going to go 10-0. But they're going to lose at least one of those games, maybe two. But they're set up to be at least, like, barring any kind of catastrophic injury
1: mm-hmm. or whatever weird
0: circumstance can happen between cliff. now and then. Yeah.
2: I, it's hard to imagine them being worse than 8-2. and two.
1: I agree. It's a really good start. Beating the Vikings was huge, and that's why, you know, I think people are excited. Uh, that's the primetime nature, too. It's a... It's a this is their most juice filled win in a long time because Mm -hmm. like, think about it. Like last year they were winning games, but it wasn't against good teams. And it was like, you know, they'd started slow. So they're only building back up and they're ultimately chasing what a seven seed. Like, okay, that's cool and all, but it's like not the most thrilling kind of thing. They weren't in, they weren't relevant in the national landscape. No, no one really cared about the Eagles um, outside of Philly. Now mm-hmm. they're in the spotlight. And, and you know, we're talking about again an NFC that's very weak. Very, 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 very weak. Like who who scares you in the NFC? The Bucks, okay. Rodgers is a factor still. Um mm-hmm. out but I mean that's the same thing we thought heading into the year. The Bucks, Packers, who else? Who else really? Um The so Rams are
2: talented, but they the, you know,
1: there's concerns now with the I don't think uh, they're scary. Arm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. right. Like they just, they, they barely held on against the Falcons. They got hot in the playoffs last year. The, the Rams almost blew a 28 to three lead against the Falcons <laughs> who famously yes. once did that very thing. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, you know, the Eagles are right there and if they go out this week and, and, you know, put a beating on the commanders, I mean, the, the, the hype is only going to, uh, continue. Uh, so any other final thoughts in the game? Or are you good?
2: Yeah. One other thing on the offensive line too is, um, like before or so after the Lions game, I put together like a little Twitter thread of all the Eagles pancakes hmm. and truck sticks by the running backs. You, would you rather have bunch or waffles? Uh, waffles are like pancakes with syrup traps. That's Mitch Hedberg. Um, I, I think I like waffles better. I think waffles you?
1: are more versatile. Like you could do a, like a waffle. You know, you could make like a sandwich with a waffle. I mean, you could do that with pancake too, but I think the waffle lends to that better. You, you, I think pancakes, you can put more things in them though. Hmm. Maybe. But I mean, you could do some of that with waffles you too. You could do that with waffles too, I guess. I think the best waffle is better than the best pancake. How about that?
2: All right. That's fair, right? Waffles and ice cream are... So waffles and ice cream is like a, a new Christmas tradition. Among mm. the Kemsky's. I like that. We have that. like waffles and ice
1: cream for lunch. I like that a like lot. Like after after presents are done being opened. Waffles and ice cream. That's a strong I like when families have their own traditions for holidays. Yeah. As opposed to just like, <laughs> well, it's Thanksgiving, so we're all going to eat the same food every single year. That's my anti-Thanksgiving <laughs> thing. I like, like, or at yeah. least a little, a flair, a twist, something unique. Yeah, we just happened to do
2: that one year, and we were like, this is amazing. We're doing this every year from now on. I love that.
1: Yeah, why not? Um. Anyway. So
2: Anyway, getting back to the uh, pancake point, there were like six or seven pancakes from that game where you know they just somebody on the offensive line just flattened uh a Lions defender. There there wasn't any of that. And so I was I was hoping to make that like a, a, a weekly, you know, Twitter thread throughout the season. So I I didn't get to do it this week because there just weren't any. So they didn't dominate necessarily like in the run game like they did at times uh against Detroit. But it was still a very strong performance uh by the offensive line, particularly in Pass Pro, where they just had all, I mean, Hertz had for, for as good as he was, um, he did benefit from very good pass protection from the Eagles offensive line. And one of the things that I think maybe we take for granted at times is just how good they are, because you look at the Vikings and what they're good at. They have those two edge rushers in Deniel Hunter mm-hmm. and Zadarius Smith, who are really good, really underrated players, in my opinion. And those guys are just kind of shut out in that game. Yeah. Um, and we just sort, we just come to expect that at this point particularly <laughs> right. from Lane Johnson and to a lesser degree but still certainly uh uh you know it's it's the case as well with with Jordan Mylata. um you just look at like any opposing defense that comes in you go oh they have a great edge so what <laughs> like <laughs> the eagles are going to shut that guy down it doesn't matter uh so I, I think it's just worth giving the offensive line sort of a uh hat tip for uh con- for just continuously excelling every single week no matter who uh the edge no matter who the the opposing edge rushers are
1: www.righteousfillin.com is the place you want to go to get your meat snacks that you need to have when you're watching the eagles it is after all jimmy the meat snack of choice in the philadelphia eagles locker the players are eating this and I have it on good authority. That's why they're 2 and out. Oh. I was just going to say, I, I have good authority that they are, honestly, even if I didn't hear anything, you would just know that they're winning because they're being fueled properly. And and so should you, if you want to be 2-0 and oh in your life and even better, <laughs> and one of the best teams in the NFC in your life, you want to go to RighteousFellon.com and use discount code BGN20. That's right. BGN20 for 20% off from now until the end of the month. And then once October starts, which is my favorite month of the year, but sadly, Uh, This year, it will be a little less exciting because BGN20 will go down to BGN15 at that point. So use the discount code now. Make sure you get the 20% off your order at RighteousSelling.com. Discount code BGN20.
0: Jimmy, back after this.
1: Back here on BGN Radio, brought to you not only by Righteous Felon Crap Jerky, and, and we'll get to our, our other sponsor later, but also WildRangerPet.com. You can use the same discount code there for percent off of your dog treats. Uh, Jimmy, I feel like we need to get into this game that the Eagles are playing this week. By the way, can you believe Thursday's already here?
2: Yeah, I mean, like... whenever... So, when I woke up on Tuesday morning uh i was when did you go to sleep i actually How long did you sleep i slept for like three hours i got back mm-hmm. at yeah, it was like two around for me. three and i came back sometime between two thirty and three i think and then i i was up at like six um and then i took a long nap later in the day but i remember i think it was actually after i got up from the long nap later in the day i was like oh what game is what game is tonight? <laughs> I think right. it was Monday, and no, no game, <laughs> but then bang, quick turnaround, and oh. we have a game tonight. game stinks tonight, by the way, it's uh Steelers mm-hmm. at Browns uh mitch trubisky at uh at Jacoby Brissett. Wow, um so whatever, I'll watch it uh but not
1: not not super exciting um quick, really quick aside. National yes. take. I feel like what are the Steelers doing with risky anymore? Like put Kenny Pickett in already. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Like who cares if he's going to be? Like, how much worse can he be? Anyway, so um, uh, let's talk about this week's game. The Eagles are playing. You ever hear of him? Carson Wentz and the Commanders. <laughs> That's did he, it's
2: the honestly, first of
0: four games
1: this year where they have to play a road game
2: on short rest. Okay. Which really shouldn't happen from a schedule making perspective. Yes. How do you how do you get four short rest road games on your schedule? It's crazy, uh, but Jimmy. this is the first of those, and it happens to be a divisional game. It's only a a drive uh, down I ninety five, so it's not like they're getting on a plane and going to Dallas for this one. Although they have late, to do that later in the year. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, and there it'll probably be there probably be a lot of Eagles fans uh, it, at FedEx mm-hmm. as always. Um, It's not like the commander season is over at this point. They're one and one and they have plenty of things going for them. So it's not like their fans are checked out like they often are in like week 14, 15, 16, somewhere around there. Uh, But surely there will
1: be there a a fair share of Eagles fans as there always are. Jimmy, we have been waiting to do this podcast all along because we just want to talk about Carson Wentz, baby. That's all (laughs) we want to do here.
2: Did he... Did did he get with your girlfriend? (laughs) What are you? Why are you so obsessed with Carson Wentz?
1: Um, I mean, he's the place to start. If we're gonna, we should do Eagles D versus Commanders offense first, because how could we not talk about Carson Wentz first? I wrote the question I wrote down in my notes is for you: is to what extent is Carson Wentz still Carson Wentz? You did a little thread on him, yeah, especially regarding his lack of pocket managing. I guess is how you could phrase it. Um, And it still looks bad, right? So when I look at him, I, you know, think about what he was in
2: 2017 and what he was at 20 in 2020, which are the two extremes of his greatness and awfulness. And he's not either of those things. So like he's somewhere in the middle for sure. And I think he's pretty much the same guy that he was in Indy last year through these first two games. Although I will say that he's done a better job of hitting the layups. Than uh, he did in Indy last year, so I think he's a little bit improved from from this from last year to this year. I mean, small sample size; we're only talking about two games here. But in terms of like the bad decision making uh, and uh, and the pocket presence, that all that stuff that stuff is as bad as ever. The pocket presence, in particular, I- against Detroit Week Two, there you know I came up with uh, four or five different examples of, and it's all the same stuff that we saw when he was in Philadelphia. The the most egregious thing that he does. Or the mo like the, the funniest quirk of his pocket presence to me is when he'll either like sidestep an edge rusher and then the edge rusher goes by him or like the edge rusher will just get, you know, blocked by him. But he'll Wentz can see him go by. And then once once the edge rusher goes by him, it's almost like Wentz goes, Okay, well that guy's gone. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. exist anymore as a human being. And he's not going to continue to try to come after me, and he'll like just stand in the pocket as if like that guy isn't going to continue to come after him from behind. And a lot of those, uh,
1: you know, fumbles that he had over the years with the Eagles, that's how a lot of those occurred. Seahawks where... twenty nineteen is the one that stands out in the yard. Do you remember <laughs> yes. that? Like the guys like, like yeah. under him, down below him, and it's like yeah, not a big deal,
2: <laughs> right? And he'll just he'll just wind up and throw like he normally would with a mess of bodies around him. It's just odd that he just. It's just something that. It's so glaringly, such a glaringly obvious thing to fix in his game. And it just has never been fixed. And I'm sure it's not without effort from the Eagles coaches, the Colts coaches. I mean, even so far in, in, in Washington, I'm sure they've tried to correct that in his game as well already. It just doesn't go away because he doesn't want to fix. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And there is one play in particular where that happened, where, um, I think this is the pl- no, maybe not. This might be not be the play I'm thinking of. Uh, but but he did he did he did that on one play against the Lions, where um, I, th- I believe it was uh, Aiden Hutchinson went right by him, um, and then he just stood in the pocket and he actually went backwards, like he retreated backwards right into Hutchinson, who just he would just run right by him. So I think if you're the Eagles, that and you're Tracy Rocker, the plan for me would be to. Like for edge rushers, they want to flatten their rushes, um, you know, make the straightest, uh, you know, point A to point B path to the quarterback as they possibly can. I don't think it's as necessary against Carson Wentz. You can widen your rush a little bit more against him. Gives you a better opportunity to beat. You know, the the offensive tackle is trying to block you, first of all. And if you get behind Wentz, it doesn't matter. Like, normally you don't want guys, like, widening widening the rush too much and taking themselves out of the pass rush, out of the play, because good quarterbacks are just going to step up and then you're useless at that point. Against Wentz, it doesn't matter. Like, if you wind up being behind him, just keep trying to come at him from that point. I think what you want to do is sort of try to encircle Wentz in the pocket and let him give you the ball. Yeah, tackle. Try to tackle the football as opposed to going after him specifically, and you can make him you know turn the ball over. It's, the interceptions were down last year. He had seven on the season, I think. Right, he was twenty-seven and seven. Yep. This year he had uh, two against uh, Jacksonville, Week One. They were both bad. Like they're they're clearly both his fault. And then he had one uh, Week Two against. Um, uh, Detroit, that was on him, too. It was an overthrow. Yeah, it's, it bounced it's, off. It's the off classic, th-
1: like, sail a pass high in the middle yeah, of the field.
2: Yep. It, the, the, and it, it, bou- it deflected off. A def- the, the first defender should have just picked it on his own, but yes. it bounced off that guy, and another guy got it instead. Uh, so it was still a meritorious interception in terms of Wentz's fault. Um, so he has actually thrown it to the other team three times already this year. But the the chance for fumbles are are they remain. If he fumbled a ball in the end zone, that wound up going out of the back of the end zone for the for a safety against the Lions. That was a turning point in that game because yeah. then it was five nothing. Commanders kick the uh, free kick off, and uh, Khalif Raymond gets a big return. They convert that into a uh, The Lions offense converts that into a touchdown, yeah. and bang, they're up twelve nothing like that. So you just gotta get bodies around him. And let him give you the ball. That, I think that's that's the strategy that the Eagles should employ against him.
1: What is the safety that the uh, Lions got plus the touchdown? How many points is that? It's nine. How many points did the Commanders lose by in week two? <laughs> nine. Like <laughs> oh, seriously, dude, that's the difference time. in the yeah. game. Ultimately, uh-huh. like, it's not always yeah. that simple, but I'm saying that that's the magnitude. Like that one bad play. That as I was speaking to RJ about. Like, he's going to do this. Like, it's going to happen at some point. Like, you can set your watch to him doing it. The question is, you know, okay, maybe he fumbles and Washington recovers on it, and it's not a big deal. Like, like it's about mm-hmm. what when it happens and, like, how they can limit the damage of that play. It's 67 fumbles to me. 67 it's fumbles crazy. in 87 games. Guess what? It's not stopping. It's not just gonna go yeah. away. So again, you can kind of count on almost the Eagles getting a fumble, at least forcing a fumble, at least in this game. Again, it's just a matter of what they do with it and at what at what point it comes at. Um, so look, I mean Carson I just want to runs- talk
2: quickly about, about that one play though, the, the safety where because I got some um I got some brushback on mm. that play, because the left tackle got smoked. I mean, Charles Lino sure. got Leno, Leno, whatever got Leno, smoked yeah. by Charles Harris on that play. So certainly uh, uh, the left tackle was at was more at fault uh, for that safety than Wentz. But Wentz is still plenty at fault for that. Like you're in your own end zone, just standing yeah. back, scanning the field. Right. Like, get, get you got to gotta know that you got you to gotta speed up your internal clock in that situation. And then also you have to know that your left tackle is one-on-one against a decent speed rusher uh, on that play. And you got to, you got to like be aware of, of where he didn't feel that rush at all as he doesn't, like he never, he also doesn't feel the rush, uh, on on a lot of plays. And, and there's not, it's not a coincidence that he happens to get more, uh, strip sacks on those types of plays than other quarterbacks around the other quarterbacks around. So like one of the comments in in reply to that was like, Oh, that would happen to any quarterback in the league. No, it wouldn't (laughs) because first of all, other quarterbacks would speed up the, their internal clock. And secondly, they're going to be aware of. They're you know, they're gonna they're they're not gonna be positioning their body in a way where they can't see the, the you know the full rush, like at least sort of um uh uh you know out of the corner of their eye or whatever. So, you know, for him to just complete like I understand you wanna trust your teammates to do their job, but in that situation, you kind of can't. Like you have to make you have to make sure that that, that that can't happen. Like that's the one thing that can't happen in that situation is to get strip sacked in the end zone or like to get um uh, uh, sacked in the end zone, of course. Or you got to be have the ability to know to throw the ball away if if there's danger, and he just wasn't able to do that. And strip sack, safety, return, touchdown. As you
1: say, nine points. That's the that's the margin in that game. Carson went to the fifth uh, slowest time to throw in week two. So yeah he was holding on to the ball in general for a long time mm-hmm. and that's those things are going to happen especially with him so i think that speaks to that if not for that specific play to a larger point looking elsewhere on washington's offense Carson Wentz does have some quality weapons to work with oh yes yeah. terry mclaurin who's very good and Jahan dotson who has done very good things early on as a rookie um curtis samuel is there too he's finally healthy um me run through their offensive line really quick you mentioned leno andrew norwell mm-hmm. who got cut by the jags uh wes Schweitzer, because chase rullier who's probably what like the second best center in the division right he just went an ir it's like a he's big, a good player yes. it's a big injury for them and then they have trey turner who they picked up um i believe in free agency at right guard and then sam cosme who's a rookie last year so he's a second year player now at right tackle um Looking at the off, I mean,
2: Schweitzer was their right guard, but he'll now move to center with Rullier out. Turner, they signed this offseason along with Norwell, their two guards. Mm -hmm. Um, So they don't have a lot of offensive line continuity as it is. Um, But Turner, I I think, was projected to be their starting right guard, but just wasn't. Like, I guess he didn't play well. I don't know. I I, I didn't follow that as closely, but uh, I guess he didn't play that well in camp and didn't. he, He didn't win a starting job anyway. And Schweitzer was the right guard. Schweitzer missed the game last week and Turner played and there was a guy that they had elevated from the practice squad that came in and played center in relief of Rullier when he went out. I think it was actually just the second to last play of the game Mm -hmm. uh, that he got hurt. Um, So the the practice squad call up guy only played one snap, but it looks like Schweitzer is going to be a go. Mm -hmm. He He was listed on their injury report on Wednesday, but he was a full participant. So he's going to play, mm-hmm. but so I would imagine whole play center. And like you said, Turner will play right guard, but there's still a little, as always, they, they, they seem to always have these injuries along their offensive line when they play the Eagles uh Sher- Brandon Scherf, no longer there. Of course mm-hmm. he signed with Doug and the Jags this off season. So their offensive line isn't as good as, as it was a year ago.
1: How about Doug getting a, speaking of, you know, the Colts earlier, Doug getting his first win.
2: Yeah, 20, good for him. Twenty-four
1: to zero. How about Frank Reich though, the sole mastermind He's... and only person who deserves credit for the <laughs> Eagles Super Bowl, according to many Eagles fans uh, in 2018 or whatever, or after years after. Uh, I'm happy for Doug and Filippo, Where is he, by the way? I mean, I I think I heard someone say he was like on at, i think he was like at the eagles open practice the link I, I remember him i think he was at training camp at some point this year remember oh, okay someone? so he doesn't have a, a nfl job now i don't think so i'm looking up his wikipedia page right he now should, he should have a job somewhere he was the bears yeah. passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach last year that was his most recent job yeah yeah he should be an well, assistant well, that's somewhere. not great <laughs> maybe he just wants to take a year off it's a gap year yeah, yeah who yeah. knows uh anyway um yeah so I feel like the Eagles defensive line you know like should be able to take advantage of that I don't know if they're gonna have a field day with this line but they should be able to certainly be a factor and uh be able to pressure Wentz here um Antonio Gibson is their top running back right now with Brian Robinson out because he got shot very disturbingly and sadly um JD Mm -hmm. McKissick was like I think second in receiving for them last year (laughs) which spoke to how bad their receiving core was more of a pass catching running back um what what concerns you, I guess, about this offense? So,
2: I mean, like we saw in the Eagles Vikings game, uh, the Eagles had four different receivers, I believe, that had at least 69 nice yards. Um, A.J. Brown, Goddard, Devontae, Quez all had at least 69 yards, spread it around. And that's difficult to defend when you're able to do that. While all these uh, commanders offensive passing game weapons they're all involved too in the past it was just terry McLaurin, and that was it and like it was a, it was befuddling sometimes how mclaren would still just crush the eagles in some games uh under when the, under jim schwartz like it'd be like jim like that's the only guy they have like you know double him, do whatever you got to do don't let that guy beat you that's the only that's like Terry McLaurin waving hi I'm the only guy that that we have here cover me it doesn't matter nobody else matters well that's not the case anymore Kurt, like Curtis Samuel has looked really good so far this year for them uh he's been really frustrating for their fan base because he hasn't been able to play he's been hurt since they signed him to like a pretty decent free agent uh contract as you mentioned Jahan Dotson is a player already like he came into the season um as a rookie and he, like he he was considered to have the best hands of this wide receiving of this wide receiver rookie class. Um, and he's got good speed, just really good. Did, the reason he maybe wasn't as high on like prospect lists was because he just doesn't have good size and doesn't have like elite speed to sort of go along with uh, his lack of size. He went, what would he go? Like, did he go 15th? Oh, Something like I that. He, he went the, in the they traded down.
1: At I thought, well, first of all, wasn't Jordan Davis taking a 15th? No, he was taken 13th, 12th, right? Um, or 14th, 14th, 14th. Let me look this up really quick because we're just guessing and it's bad podcasting, but. <laughs> um, but he went, they traded
2: back with New Orleans, whatever, whatever yes, spot New traded Orleans back. traded up to to get a Lave. The uh, Washington took dots. Dotson might be better than a um,
1: Dotson yeah, has, has three touchdowns. I don't know. Um, I don't think so. 16. Is where 16, Dotson was okay. taken. So he went top
2: half of the first team. round. Good for him. <laughs> like, like he was a great receiver at Penn State. Um, but just didn't have great size. So he wasn't thought of as he went before he went before Traylon Burks. So good boy. Um yeah, he's been okay, by the way, so far. Uh. Uh, but Dotson Curtis Samuel, uh, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas is back now. He's healthy, he's contributed as well. He caught a touchdown against the Lions. And then, as you mentioned, the two running backs, Antonio Gibson and and J.D. McKissick. Antonio Gibson played wide receiver some uh, at Memphis, so he's got that ability as well. But all six of those guys, again, McLaurin, Samuel, uh, Logan Thomas, Dotson, McKissick, Gibson, all six of those guys have at least 74 receiving yards through Mm -hmm. these first two games. So like the Eagles spread it around
1: against the Vikings week two, uh, the commanders are certainly capable of
2: doing that as well.
1: All right, we should flip to the Eagles offense going up against a Washington defense that um is also a little banged up, right? Aren't they missing uh well they're missing a Well really they don't Chase Young who is say, it's kind of an important on the pop list. Kind of a, an important
2: Yeah, he tore
1: an ACL last year. Guy to be missing. I'm looking at their injury report for us. Oh, uh Casey Tuhill, big loss, former Eagle. Um <laughs> Shaka, Tony, Casey Tuhill, and Daniel Wise all back up defensive linemen who rotate in to some extent for Washington uh, all mm-hmm. did not practice on Wednesday, so that's something to watch, but the guys who do start, obviously as Eagles fans know, are pretty decent In Montez Sweat, who basically forced the Eagles playing on Tuesday last year, so that was really dumb uh, Deron Payne, <laughs> and then Jonathan Allen uh, so strong up front obviously, um, their linebackers I don't think are like, scaring anyone but can be solid. Cole Holcomb has a reputation for being like decent. I think Jamin Davis had like, he's their top
2: linebacker. So so (laughs) when I look at their linebackers, I would, I don't think there were many teams in the NFL that would trade their linebacker situations for Washington's. So they were, they were one of my 10 reasons the commanders could be a dumpster fire this year in that article. And I had them like, I mean, not that, not that like the order that, that the thing, that thing is written. Uh, is like, you know, the, the number one thing is right. the top reason there'll be a dumpster right. fire. And then number two, three, it's not necessarily structured that way. But I think that was the seventh thing that I had in there. And Washington fans were like, that should be way higher. Mm. <laughs> like, like they were like, that was the one thing that I had in there where they were like, oh, for sure, greed. Yeah, the linebackers are trash. Uh, Cole, Cole Holcomb is their top linebacker. He gets the, mo- the most snaps. Jamin Davis was their first round pick in 2021. He had a really disappointing rookie season. He was actually competing with David Mayo um, for another starting job this year, for the other starting job opposite Holcomb uh, this year. He won that job. But those are their top three linebackers are Holcomb, Jamin Davis, and David Mayo. Mm -hmm. And none of them can cover. Holcomb's their best hope of of covering. Mm -hmm. And if they play a lot of zone defense, Against the Eagles, if they want to be able to keep their eyes on Jalen Hurts and spy him and, and make sure that he doesn't absolutely shred them scrambling, they are very susceptible uh, in the middle of the field specifically. So, I mean, it could be a game where uh, Dallas Goddard and or uh, A.J.
1: Brown eat over the middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, they're secondary. They are getting Cam Curl back. He is going to be returning for a thumb injury. Uh, fully practiced on uh, Friday, uh, Wednesday. So that's a good, you know, development for them. But you look at the secondary. Otherwise, I mean, Kendall floor is a nice player, but like who are their starting safeties right now? Derek Forrest and Bobby McCain. Uh, or well, Cam McCain curl uh, I just said that. But, coming yeah, okay. Back. but yeah. like, okay. Cam curl and one of and probably McCain. Is, is, or uh, is The other guy, uh, William yeah. Jackson was kind of a disappointment last year has played well in the past or did for the Bengals to get the contract. Uh, Benjamin Saint Just Saint Just Just Saint Just the nickel guy. Um, I mean, this is a secondary that allowed Jared Goff to like (laughs) do damage last week. Ultimately, yeah. Uh, And DeAndre Swift had a big game as well, even though he was like hurt and played limited, limit had limited playing time. And honestly, I mean, whoever this Eagles offense is going up against right now, at risk of sounding at risk of jinxing it and sounding full of. A little too high on them. It's not like a lot of teams have a great chance of matching up with what this offense can do with a quarterback playing mm-hmm. at a high level and his diverse skill set and then all the skill sets of these various res- like targets that they have and not to mention like Miles Sanders had a decent game against the Vikings doesn't really get talked about at all because he was hardly one of the biggest stars, but he was efficient. I thought he could have been better as a pass right. catcher by the way. um, but as a runner, again, still like pretty efficient and certainly an option that the Eagles can turn to if they need to. so. I guess what, if anything, uh concerns you about the commander's defense? Not much. <laughs> like I don't really think they have much. Uh
2: Jonathan Allen's awesome. Like I think he's a great player. Deron Payne's fine uh, as an interior defender as well. And 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 uh Montez Sweat can can certainly make plays from from the edge. But again, this kind of goes back to the point before that we that we sort of um just sort of take for granted. That the Eagles' offensive line is awesome, and it, does, it often doesn't matter like what kind of firepower the opposing uh, defensive line has. As long as the Eagles' offensive line is healthy, they've been able to neutralize very good defensive lines. So it's not a great matchup in that respect for for Washington. Actually, I did want to touch on Saint Juiced mm. because we had mentioned it. Uh, you know, before the season even began, the way that like Ques Watkins and Zach Paschal might be deployed this season, where if it's like a shrimpy slot corner that they're playing against, then you, you know you might want to body him up uh, with a guy like Zach Paschal, who can be, as uh, Nick Sirianni called him yesterday, an enforcer. Mm. He's the new enforcer. Hey, that's uh, what I, that's what uh, I called him. For that's, JJ. What I yeah, would, I, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought you would
1: say about him at one point. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so he's the new enforcer, and he did say that finally. Um, and then, you know, against bigger, perhaps slower, uh, slot corners that are in there to match up against, you know, like tight ends or like bigger slot receivers. Uh, that might be an opportunity for a guy like Quez Watkins uh, to to take advantage. And that's what St. Just is. So Saint Juice is a six three, two hundred plus pound corner who run I think he ran like a four five or five or something like that uh, at the combine. So that's a guy that if they can get Quez matched up on him, Quez can dust that dude. So uh that's that's another matchup to look to look forward to if the Eagles can, you know, sort of get that catch them in a in a man coverage with him on Quez. I mean him on anyone really. It doesn't matter. I think I think him on on AJ is a bad matchup. I think him on Devontae is a bad matchup and him on Quez Watkins, all three of them bad matchups for that guy.
1: Uh Pascal quietly been pretty decent. Like not obviously there's not like the flashy numbers, but the Eagles went to him in a big spot on third down. Mm-hmm against the lions and yeah i thought he had a nice catch the throw from Hertz was like a little too far out in front still catchable but like he pascal had to make a tough catch is the point like with his fingertips and then against the um uh vikings here in week two i believe on the first drive he had that play where he's running i think out of the backfield kind of like across the formation and you know it's simple like it's 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 a whatever five yard or whatever it was catch for a first down And it doesn't really, it's not impressive in the stat sheet or fantasy football, but like those are important plays. And that's what I've been saying about him. I think he's going to be used in some high leverage spots, such as third Mm. down, such as the red zone. Because really too, I think the great thing about that for the Eagles is like, it makes you defend everyone, right? Because obviously right. you're like, okay, third down, what do we have to do? We have to take away A.J. Brown. Fine, okay. But Zach Pascal is still like an option that we'll put in those situations and we're not going to go to them every time. But he's someone you can't just like, okay, we'll put our sucky player in him and no, we don't really have to worry about him at all. It's like, no, if we <laughs> right. do that, like it might not be all game long, but they'll find the right spot to get that in and all of a sudden they have a first down. So it just kind of makes the offense even that much more dangerous to just kind of have that extra option you can count on in a small sample size. So yeah, yeah. Um, I don't see any reason why the Eagles' offense should be shut down by any means. It's got to be game. deflating, by the way,
2: when 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 you do take maybe not take away, but you you cover well against like AJ and Devontae exactly. and whoever, and then Zach Pascal picks up the yep. first down on you. So he's a guy that will he's going to give you all the same effort and blocking ability that you got out of JJ. But if you go his way, he'll actually catch
0: the football.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a quality NFL receiver. He's like a legit uh-huh. NFL player, and he's receiver. a starter. Yeah. Um, all right. So anything else about the matchup?
2: No, I think that about covers it. Um, special teams is worth no I mean, they had a they had a field goal blocked. Um, so I don't know if there's any cleaning up to do there. Um, in the first two games, opposing kickoff teams have Yeah. This is an issue. They've popped it up. They don't they don't respect Quez or the Eagles return game at all, and nor should they. Um, the Eagles have started out with hard field position yeah. in each of their first two games, but it hasn't mattered because their offense has been great and they've scored anyway, but, uh, ideally they could, you know, not be starting at their 15, uh, as much as they have. And, um, uh, so the Eagles have also through the first two games on kickoffs have put it through the back of the end zone purposely because they didn't want Khalif Raymond, uh, or Ken A- n- 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 the Vikings Guac Wu, whatever, whatever his name is. Both very good returners. Uh, they didn't want those those guys, you know, getting big returns against them. In this game, I think that they might employ the pop-up uh commander's returner is Dax Milne of uh Zach Wilson fame. He dated oh man Zach Wilson's girlfriend. Like they both went to BYU and he dated Zach Wilson's girlfriend. Former girlfriend, and then that's when it was revealed that Zach Wilson was um, <laughs> was with his mom's friend. <laughs> Getting really like in that. the weeds here, Jimmy.
1: Be careful. Allegedly, <laughs> so make sure you so use the word allegedly. It,
2: right, alleged, allegedly, on on all the on all that everything I just said. Uh, so you can think about that
1: every time that Dax Milne is involved in a in a kickoff return this week. Uh, just want to shout out. At Kingfrog25 on Twitter, who's tweeting us during the show, Jimmy, saying this is getting out of hand. Thursday morning, still no podcast. I don't know who's big timing who, but you guys need to get it together. Unacceptable. <laughs> I mean, look, it's uh, this is when we usually record. I feel like first of all, second of all, it's, it was a short week. Like you know, there's a lot of a lot of action jammed into a short amount of time. I did say to you in the press box after the game, I think we'll, we'll see how this works out. But like tentatively trying, aiming to do like a split up vgn radio during the week so people will have like a a recap podcast uh, earlier in the week and then the preview Mm -hmm. show around this time normally uh so we'll, we'll try to make that work we'll see um but shout out to him and also because he said i won't shout out his handle so i i did uh now what um (laughs) All right. Uh, Oh, one last thing. So you mentioned special teams and I I think that needs to get better. I would like to see Britton Covey honestly get a chance on kick returns. I don't know if that fixes everything or anything. Um, But like, I'd like to see it. I just don't think Quez like, he doesn't look, we've seen enough of Quez to know like he's not the solution. Covey might also not be the solution. But I'd rather like see that than just know Quez is not getting better at this and he's just not the right fit um Jason Huntley still on the Steelers practice squad by the way I believe if the Eagles want to you know, get an actual good kicker <laughs> turner on the team um last thing I'll mention quickly is the penalties have to go down 18 penalties it's the second most in the NFL I believe only behind the Broncos obviously mm-hmm. we all saw the they had four penalties in their first three drives <laughs> Landon Dickerson had two yeah. of them you're getting called a lot for that same thing last year with the illegal man downfield basically like and and to Nick Sirianni did point they got a number of explosive plays off of that too, so maybe there is some mm-hmm. you know give and take there to some extent, and I I think that's fine, but still they started out with a lot of penalties last year on the whole and this year as well, and we mentioned the one you know wiped out a big game to Quez. so like that's something they need to clean up. Um, They're pushing the limit of the rules on those. I yeah. think
2: that it's being over officiated a little bit. Sure, but like there was one where say Amala was like like two yards down the field. Yes. And at, uh, that's against the that's against the rules. But if and they're it calling is a penalty, it, you have
1: to adjust, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. So and
2: and and it's not a new thing. Like they they dealt with this last year, of course, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right; they absolutely have to clean it up. Um, but like, yeah, but I think it. It also is a good point by Sirianni that that those kinds of plays are they're they're resulting
1: in big plays and it's, when when they don't run down the field too, too early. It's a good thing that one of their biggest concerns is, you know, like cleaning up yeah. penalties. That's a good, it's a good problem right. to have, if you will. All right. So we'll take it. Th- on this the- particular kind of penalty anyway.
2: Yes. Like we're talking yes. about like, uh, you know, rampant uh, pass interference.
1: Right. 40 yards right. down the field. No. That's a different story. Yes. Yeah. Things they can, in theory, should be able to clean up. Uh, let's hear about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and com. Her phone number is 856 906
2: 9295. Call or text her if you are looking to buy or sell your home. Uh, Kristen Roach again, 856 906 9295. Voted by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe. And if you think about the size of the universe mm. and how long it's been around, it's I, I can't say too much more impressive then the Jalen Hurts performance mm. week 2 uh against the Minnesota Vikings. Wow. Um, so yes. Why do you hate call Hurts?
1: Uh Jimmy, did that person buy a house? There was someone talking. I don't want to reveal their info. No, uh selling. They're selling a house. Okay. So they're but they're going through. Not it hasn't happened yet, okay. but uh yeah, but Okay, uh, in the works. Yeah. I obviously don't want to speak on it too much. I'm not trying to give out details, but the point is like I bring it up So people know that people actually do (laughs) go to Kristen Roach from the podcast. So if you're looking for that kind of stuff, or even I'm sure real estate advice or looking to get connected with another realtor, not in New Jersey, Kristen Roach is the person to contact. Um, Indeed. Back after this.
2: Kristen Rocha road trail tours, road trail tours, road trail tours. Kristen Rocha road trail tours.
0: She's the greatest.
2: Eight five six
0: nine
2: zero oh, six
1: nine two nine five. Eight five 9295. Nine, 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 Back here on BGN Radio. 260 no, 276 not 67 276 the episode number doesn't matter but at the same time it does all right Jimmy it's time for our NFL picks against the spread but not before i tell you quickly about the DraftKings DraftKings sportsbook same game parlay created by Weeding Green Nation specifically me each week <laughs> did one last week Jimmy that some people mm-hmm. may have not appreciated the emotional hedge, where I did like Vikings plus 2.5, Justin Jefferson, anytime touchdown score. And then like Vikings points over 27 and a half oh three, but Hey, <laughs> but here's my thing on that. But you're, but you're, yeah. Ha- yeah. You're, 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 you're happy to lose a couple bucks exactly. to get the, uh, you're basically to, pay- to get the emphatic Eagles. Yeah. Win. You're paying for an Eagles win. Like how much money, <laughs> think about it. How much money would people pay if they could actually pay for an Eagles win? A lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Sure. so, um, not going to do that every week you'll break that out you know here and there uh this week it's not up yet but i'm planning to do one based around like i think eagles money line aj brown anytime touchdown so he hasn't gotten in the end zone no yet, i don't think right? so has he i don't No, he hasn't right he definitely hasn't yeah. so he's probably due for that because he's, he's gonna get in the end zone at some point and then uh i'm gonna i don't i don't have the carson wentz props yet but i'm I'm going to try to probably do like the under on his. It's going to be high because he has 650 passing
2: yards. Uh, So he's averaging 325 per game. And then he also has a a share of the lead Mm -hmm. uh, in the NFL for touchdown passes along with uh, Mahomes and Allen. And I forget who the (laughs) other guy is, but he's among the league elite in touchdown passes with seven.
0: Mm.
1: So that'll hopefully be up. Um, you can bet that I, I think like well, the, the social media posts that we'll have on the Bleeding Green Nation Twitter at Bleeding Green and Bleeding Green Nation Instagram story at Bleeding Green Insta on Instagram. Uh, the graphic will be there along with the link. So if you want to get in on that, you can uh, assuming you are eligible and whatnot. So stay tuned for that. Um, each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes here for details okay so jimmy only three to make into our picks against the, the spread two, that we the do each week.
2: nfc east teams play only each other.
1: three yeah usually we have five with the saints pick uh included you are four and six against the spread this year i am five and five we are both one and one when it comes to picking the eagles game straight up why don't we start with the non-nfc east game the saints Lost to the Bucks last week. Jameis turned the ball over a ton at three picks, I believe. Only scored ten points total. Tough Bucks defense, but still uh but still people think the Saints are gonna win that division <laughs> somehow and like go to the Super Bowl or whatever. Uh Saints are two and a half point favorites in He's
0: Charlotte got four fractures in his
1: back. You look at his you look at his like if you look at his chart,
2: his th- like his uh spray chart, I guess you call it. I don't know, on uh a- uh, NFL next gen stats. Anytime he threw over twenty yards, like bad things happened. It, it was like I think it was like one for nine or one for eight <laughs> or something like that with uh, a couple picks. Oh yikes! Um, so that's the best part of his game is that he can push the ball down the field. It's also where he, in the past, uh, when when he when he just was sort of like gunslinging, just kind of letting it rip. That's when mm-hmm. he had like the season where he had over 30 interceptions, and uh, he had a, he had a few, uh, you know, week two against Tampa. One of them was returned for for a, a touchdown that basically put an end to that game. Um, but he was totally ineffective, and there's no way that those four fractures in his back aren't affecting his play. I mean, how can it not? Like, he's got four fractures in his back. How many is too many fractures in your back before you have to sit down? And he just doesn't look right. It's crazy that he's playing at all. So I, I don't think he's going to be effective until, and, and by the way, I don't, I'm, not, I'm no doctor, but does that get fixed at any point during the season? Like, does that mm-hmm. ever get better? Can you just keep playing through that? Mm-hmm. And it's it'll heal while he keeps playing. And he's took a lot of shots in that game too. It's a bad situation there. But at least their defense is awesome. And this Panthers team is straight <laughs> garbage. Like they look terrible uh, even against the Giants. Yeah. Like they they gave the ball away a couple times on fumbles. Their offense just um can't move the ball. Baker Mayfield isn't good. Let's just be honest about that. DJ Moore is a very good receiver, but they don't really Robbie Anderson mm-hmm. had the, you know, a, a good year or two. I don't think he's anything special. And then uh their slot receiver is either a rookie or second mm-hmm. year guy, Shy Smith. It's kind of been a disaster too. Icky Iguanu. Uh, they're starting left tackle who they took sixth overall or something like that. Uh, in this year's draft, he's been, um, he's coming along. like he's going to be a work in progress in pass pro. He can run block, but in pass pro he's, he's kind of a mess. So for now he's either going to have to get a lot of help or they're just going to suffer with him at left tackle. It's just not a good, it's just not a good team. Matt rule is going to get fired. It's inevitable at some point this year. And that's a team that I just won't pick under any circumstances. So give me the saints minus two and a half.
1: I have the okay. Panthers dead last in my power rankings. They're just, they're the worst. Maybe they're not necessarily the worst t- talent or whatever. Like, and I, they could be, but the vibes are ter- this is the all time low vibes team in the end. Like, the vibes are awful. Yeah. Matt Rule is a dead man walking. Ben McAdoo, <laughs> really. Like, he's going to have the answers. Baker, just all of it is not good. And I don't, I, like, you'd have to be crazy to bet on that team. I know the Saints have issues, like you highlighted, but. At least you can like be like, okay, but I like this thing or that thing. What do you like, really, about the Panthers on the whole? Christian McCaffrey's still DJ there. Moore I okay. guess he's not hurt but yet.
2: Like, at some point, probably will be. <laughs> but they haven't – they barely mm-hmm. – it's been weird, their usage of him. Like, before they just ran that guy
1: into the ground. Now they're barely using him at all. So if the season ended today, which it does not, Jimmy. I checked. The – and it's obviously very early, blah, 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 whatever. But just for, you know, a little context – the Eagles will be picking eighth overall mm. in the 2023 NFL draft. That's where the, the Saints oh, pick schedule, lines huh? up with the, yeah, strength of schedule and everything. It's a bummer because if they were, uh, oh, and two, then one, they'd right? be, be, be picking like <laughs> one or yeah, like, so, so, so that'd be pretty wild. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Saints as well. Two and a half. I just, I can't, I can't. Why would I put the Panthers Remember when last? Remember they traded for
2: Baker? I think you and I and both had this take where we're like, oh, well, he's better than Sam Darnold. Maybe he, maybe somehow the Panthers steal a game from them mm. this year. And they still could, I guess, but I don't see it.
1: No. And, you know, uh, I think when they traded for him is relevant too. Yeah. It's like later in the game. So, you know, not that like that would fix everything, but it doesn't help. Uh, all right. Let's shift to Monday night football. This week, after it was an NFC, one NFC East team last week, it's the NFC East matchup between the undefeated mm-hmm. New York Football Giants. Football is back, baby, in New York, North Jersey. Uh, the Giants are one point favorites against the Cowboys. Who just I I saw the score. I, so I was I was out doing hoagie dom, like I said last week, getting my hoagie dom. was really good. And the game was on there at the the bar at the Bardo Cafe, where it's the host at. And I'm looking at the score, and I'm like, whoa, what? Like, how? Like, how is this game this score? Like, What is going on here? And I, could, I watched the game, and I, I still wasn't understanding how the Cowboys were winning that game. But they did, and it's a big win for them as they try to tread water until Dak gets back. Um, I have to take the Cowboys here, because for as much as uh, Dak being out is a big deal, Cooper Rush has been decent. I don't think he's good, but, like, they can win with him. They've done it now against the Vikings last year and the Bengals this year. And Micah Parsons really isn't an answer for him right now. I think he can take advantage of a fumbling quarterback in Daniel Jones and a Giants offensive line that certainly uh, has some vulnerabilities to it. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think it's clear to me. You can weigh in on this too if you want. I think, like, obviously, you should be rooting for the Giants to win this game, right? They'd be three and zero, but the Cowboys are still I, I would, yeah in the, the rooting guide.
2: Uh, coming up on you, you, you and I both do those. Um, I I don't even think it's a debate. I I actually saw that there was sort of a debate on which team is, is, you know, the more ideal winner uh, for the Eagles perspective. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's a debate at all. Like the giants are, it's better if the giants win this game. There's no question. You just want the Cowboys to go away. Like you just just want them to, to dig a huge hole for themselves for, for when Dak comes back because that defense is very good. Like they played very, very good. The first two weeks of Mm. the season for as bad as like that game went week one against the Buccaneers. Their defense kept them in it for, like, the majority mm-hmm. of that game. Um, if they, they have gotten some, like, fluky play and gotten a touchdown out of it, they, they could have, won, in theory, won that game. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously their, their offense yep. was just uh, atrocious in that game. And then week two, they feasted on a, what is still very bad Bengals' offensive line. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're still going to cause problems for opposing offenses. Um I don't. Their firepower is just so weak on offense, but I don't think it matters because the best unit on the field Monday night is going to be the the Cowboys' defense by far. Giants don't have much on offense; they don't have much on defense. Uh, but that giant, or but that Cowboys' defense is very good. This line was two and a half, by the way, and it came down to one. When I saw two and a half earlier in the week, I was like, I can't wait to take the Cowboys on that because they're going to win the game outright. And yeah, I'll take two and a half yeah. points too. It's down to one, uh, so I was two. We'll still take the Cowboys in this game uh, better if the Giants win. And I love that this game is on Monday night, by the way, so that we can just watch this game with no distractions, yes. you know, no other games going on and focus on this game because it will be sort of fascinating to see. Uh, we'll already kind of know um, if the commanders are any kind of threat at all by this point in the week, because we'll have seen them play against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, potentially the Eagles could be three, and zero, and the Cowboys could be or excuse me, the commanders could be one and two. Or they could both both be two and one, um, but if, they're, if the Eagles are three and zero and the Commanders are one and two, we can probably you know kind of go okay. Well, they're better than the Commanders, and then these are the other two teams in the NFC NFC East that uh, obviously can potentially compete uh, with the Eagles this year uh, for the division, and it'll be you know really interesting to see. I think either way, um, if the Cowboys lose and they go to one and two, it's a big hole to kind of make up. Especially given that you know we already kind of went into the mm. the idea that the Eagles are gonna almost certainly be at least eight and two <laughs> after their first ten games, and then mm-hmm. you know if the Giants lose they're two and one and they just lost to a very depleted team so yeah uh I, I do love that this game is on Monday night and we can watch it in in its entirety,
1: yeah, I think if the Eagles win and the cowboys uh if the Cowboys lose then yeah. it's like eagles are winning this division like that's i think it's like it, because it's funny because the giants will be three and zero, but again they're gonna falter at some point assuming the giants don't if the giants come out and they like blow out the cowboys okay then i'm like okay that's a little concerning maybe that they're three oh. Uh, i'm not expecting that uh and i the giants are two and oh but they also like have narrowly mm-hmm. beaten two bad teams the titans look terrible clearly it's got destroyed by the bills and lost to the giants and missed a field goal game winning field goal against the Giants. Um so the Giants were fortunate to like survive that one. And then they also beat a very bad again, mm-hmm. a team I have like last in the NFL. A very bad Panthers team and didn't like look good beating them too. It was a very sure. narrow game. Credit to them for pulling out those wins. I think again they're they're going to be feisty and competitive more so than they have been in the past, but they're not good by any means yet. Uh looking at their schedule coming up by the way, the Giants they do have some more winnable yeah. games. Oh, they because they play the Bears. They could start out four zero. That is conceivable. They could be. But then they get like the Packers in mm-hmm. Green Bay. They play the Ravens after that. At the Jags um, is an, at an at easy game Jags, anymore either. At I'll the Seahawks, yeah, you know, the schedule's not super. No, they get the Lions. Like so, their schedule isn't tough. Certainly, because they you know all these teams play the same teams for the most part. Um, but I do think the losses will come for them, and I, I think the Eagles, you know, aren't don't have to be super concerned about them as a, a threat to win the division but uh yeah it's a big it's a big week for the nfc east no Cowboys, for, so yeah. that we're both taking the giants uh or sorry the cowboys plus one yeah i mean that's that's an obvious pick i don't i don't you just can't give the giants the benefit of the doubt quite yet um moving us to the eagles game yeah. big line jimmy eagles six and a half on a short week for the eagles short rest at the commanders i don't like that line either <laughs> <laughs> that's a big line. I, I like the Eagles. I don't this like that game. line either. I like the, what, what'd you say? Yeah. It's like, that's a big line. I think it's actually good for the Eagles that it's that big. Yeah. It'd be concerning to me if it was lower, it'd be a little fishy, but I just don't know about their chances. It's a division game. They're like, they tend to be tougher than you think. I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I do feel good about that. There's going to be a sea of midnight green at FedEx field. Relatively. Uh, fans are going to be on Carson Wentz. I'm not really concerned about Carson Wentz coming back to bite the Eagles because he's going to turn the ball over. I think Jalen Hurts is playing at such a high level. I have a a newfound confidence, really, in him and offense as a whole. I don't think Washington's defense has what it takes to stop the Eagles by any means, as we highlighted. I like the Eagles to win this game, very much so. But I don't know. I just think it could be competitive, even if it's a freaking garbage time score. uh, That kind of six and a half is a lot of points. So I'll take the commanders with the points, but I'll take the Eagles to win outright.
2: Yeah. So when I woke up early on uh, Tuesday morning, I went to one of those sites where it has the lines for, you you know, like half, you know, like 10 different uh, sports books or whatever. And some of them were like 6.5 and some of them were four. And I was like, that's a weird gap. (laughs) Like, why are some of them four and one of them 6.5? And like an hour later, they were like all 6.5. So I guess some of them just hadn't adjusted to what had happened Monday night. So that told me that like the line basically jumped from 4 to 6.5 after the Eagles did what they did to the Vikings on Monday night. Um so yeah, the perception uh, among you know gambling sites is that the Eagles very much improved their uh their sort of status uh after their Monday night well, obviously they did because we they just crushed uh the Vikings on Monday night. So 6.5 is still way too rich rich for my blood. Uh I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I think they match up really well in a number of areas that we already mentioned i think they can eat over the middle against these linebackers i think the cornerbacks haven't played well and they're good matchups for for the eagles receivers and then uh along the offensive line i think uh they're a little depleted on the interior and that's another we we, we, they don't have any sacks so far the eagles this year but you know as i mentioned earlier hargrave made a play that led to a pick Mm. Tui made a play that led to a pick what's that that's not true and
0: Cox I didn't a, say any, a many. I said do
2: many. What you mean? They don't They, don't many they had, a, they had a, yeah. half a sack. Um, oh, and, and sorry. Got you. Another example. Cox made that play as well. So um, they, they've gotten three big plays from from the interior yep. of their defensive line. So uh, they're, they are, I think, they are playing well enough uh, on the interior for for what they're for the resources that that they've pumped into that unit. And uh, they need to have another big game here against uh, Washington to make some plays against a quarterback that. Is prone to putting the ball on the carpet, so um, yeah, give me the Eagles to win this game, and I think they'll win it comfortably too. Even though uh, ultimately, I'll take the points, which would indicate, of course, I Mm. think they're going to win by less than a full touchdown. Uh, But give me like the (laughs) Eagles on uh, in a game where where Washington gets like a backdoor cover.
1: Okay, yeah, I think that's reasonable. You know, Wentz is going to be fire? This is more that works against him, by the way. He certainly wants to win this one (laughs) a lot. I will say yes, that could cause him to press which is a a big deal, but I think Washington as a whole his teammates. I mean, maybe there's some juice there in terms of like, hey, we want to get Carson to win here. I mean, I don't know how much his teammates like him down there. (laughs) That was an issue here, but whatever. Um, There is certainly that angle to consider whether you think that works against or for them. It's up to you. Uh, The one thing I'll say that gives me pause and does make me want to take the points here, got to see more from Jonathan Gannon. Can't just assume like, okay, yeah. One good week against the Vikings, the defense is fixed now. Everything is fine. I I could see, and with Carson Wentz, um, you know, off to a decent start relative to him, at least pa- like passing volume wise, and mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin and Dotson, like those those players we talked about, they could have some big days. And I think the Eagles can ultimately withstand that and win. But like, it could be a game that maybe is a shootout a little bit, and uh, it comes down to it at the end. So I I, I have I have to take the points. I don't love doing that because. I I feel very confident in the Eagles right now, but I, I just, it feels weird to me. I feel like that's just, it's too many. I feel like this, it's, it's a lot. That's thing. So if this game is at a neutral yeah. field, it's what? Eagles minus nine and a half? That's about, that's, a, yeah. Like, yeah. that's a lot of points. And the, the commanders, like, I don't think they've been great any means, but they haven't been, like, pathetic. They haven't been, like, think about some of the lines this week elsewhere in the league that has to be one of the bigger ones right like that's- Detroit might be good by the way <laughs> like
2: and and that that game was you know aside from from what we mentioned what happened with the safety and then and then the subsequent touchdown like that was a pretty evenly matched game i thought otherwise and then i think the jaguars are are better than maybe we gave them credit for entering the season and they beat that team week 1 so yeah this isn't like a terrible team by any chance but like when you look at like the nfc there are six or seven definitively really bad teams and I don't think they're among them.
1: This is the biggest spread of any week three game, except for Jaguars Chargers. Yeah. So but but like by half a point. Their Jaguars Chargers are seven points. So like that's that's a big deal. And like, okay. <laughs> like, it's on the road and it's a division game. I just it's it's a big number, but whatever. Okay. Any final thoughts, Jimmy?
2: Yeah, I wanted to interview you about um the Eagles press box food spread.
1: Oh, that's right. What'd you think? So I always start out by getting, you know, some of the snacky things they have on the snack table when I go into the press. I go into the press box, mm-hmm. I walk to my right, They have a snack table right there. Usually mm-hmm. you got like the soft pretzels there and they're back as like the real soft pretzels as opposed to the individually wrapped ones. So that was a nice little start there. Um, they were, sometimes you get like like a batch that isn't Yeah, like salty,
2: they were salty on, on you know Monday what I mean? night.
1: It's kind of a bummer. Um, salt levels. So like there was was a right pretzel um, that did it right uh got a cookie <laughs> I feel like their cookies used to be better I have to say the cookies aren't as good as they used to be they're more like I don't know what the word is they used to be chewier now they're like more like McLean,
2: McLean I think he had a good take on the cookies he said they're they're more like muffins than I was
1: going to say cakey is the word I was going to use so yes, yes yeah yes. Like, so it's still a decent cookie but they're not as good as they used to be so that's a, that's a you know uh a negative uh the spread they had was what? Korean barbecue like short rib, Korean yeah. short rib. I thought that was pre- actually pretty a tortellini. That was pretty tasty to me. I like that. And uh and yeah, they had some it kind was, of uh, bruschetta chicken. chicken. I thought that bruschetta chicken was solid. It wasn't like great, but I I like I enjoyed it. It was it was. I wouldn't. I'm not raving about it. But it was fine. And I thought the tortellini was actually good. Um. So if I had to grade it, and then I usually get like uh after I get the main course, I try a little bit of each of the main courses, but I'll usually go up, back up. Uh, and get some of the uh, the hoagies. I usually get like one turkey, like a slice of a turkey hoagie, and one slice of the Italian hoagie because I think that's just a nice little. How uh, are they, by the way? There. I don't think I've ever even bothered trying those. I think they're decent. They're quality. I mean, they're they're fine. They're not like you know anything to write home about, but they're. I think they're a nice uh, nice addition <laughs> to any well balanced <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> uh, and then after the game, what was this? I I felt like I felt robbed. I know the post game Stromboli yeah. is one, yeah, not that great, and two, not that good for you, and you just feel, but you like, feel bad about yourself. They put it away TV so early. I went two. to go use the bathroom. <laughs> you do feel bad about yourself. I went to go use the bathroom, like after we got up from the press box. And by the time I had got out, I wasn't. I felt like I wasn't even in there that long. They were like already tossing it or taking it away. I get it's a late game. It's Monday, but like what the heck? Like I didn't even get a chance to get any. So. Uh, I thought, I think the service people there usually do a great job. <laughs> Obviously I'm not trying to be like you and dare crap you. all over service people, but that was like a tough look. I thought, um, so overall grade, I'm going to have to say they could have done better, could have been stronger work, but it wasn't bad by any means. So I can't go below average. I'm going to go like, I'm going to give them a B minus. What about you?
2: Well, so they're the workers there. I don't think they really have much to do with. The quality of the food—it's just one of these food service companies that. So yes. like their per, it's not like yeah, their performance
1: yeah. is bad or good or whatever. Well, unless they're like I don't know, like are they heating anything though? Or are they, well, I'm going to save my grade are they for tending to the food. My, I don't know. Press, I haven't written
2: my press box food spread review yet. I just wanted to get sure. your thoughts because I was I was I was going to you know quote you uh, in in my. In my food spread me? review, you got upset last year. One, I did get you okay. in there last year, didn't I? Or no? I don't think you did because you don't go to the road games. Uh, are you going to Washington, by the way?
1: No, no. Okay. Are you going to New York? Juice is never worth this a little peek behind the curtain. Juice is never worth the squeeze for me. One because, um, yeah, like travel expenses aren't always covered for me. So, and number two, especially for you know flights and stuff. Uh, two, just the time suck. Like I could just get more done. Like the 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 travel, just yeah,
2: I get that. That stadium terrible too. Like the can't even the the view the view is the view is
1: just straight garbage from the press box. Also, yeah. Why would I go there? As <laughs> as you had Mike Quick say on the podcast here when he interviewed him this summer, like they don't go. So why am I going to go if they're not going? they right. Yeah, Merrill and
2: Mike are sitting this one. They're 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 covering the game from home, which is, I mean, not a terrible idea, but it's crazy that they actually go to that length where they just don't go. Um,
1: you you missed the chicken fingers by the way at halftime. Mm. Those are okay. Uh eh, I'm not the biggest fan. I don't uh, halftime. I'm usually busy, so I don't always get up there. They have, they have usually what the chicken fingers and, and the hot, dogs. hot and gross hot dogs. Yeah, hot dogs are they, they're okay. They're fine.
2: Are they? Were, are they anywhere near like the dollar dogs that you had? The
1: ten. I thought the dollar gross dogs had. are actually pretty. Like for a dollar, they're pretty decent. Okay. They're, like it's, a, it's a, like for what you're expecting out of a dollar dog. I've had worse hot dogs that I probably paid more money for. Baseball hot dogs are, baseball stadium hot dogs are usually pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Strong work by the Phillies. I think, I think it was like 50,000 around there. Total oh, that, dogs that they sold? Sold. Although I saw some screenshots. Shout out to, to Kyle uh, Pagan from Crossing Broad, who like was tweeting out screenshots of, he was at the game and he was the one who like pushed for the Phillies to have this dollar dog night. The count was somehow going down. He <laughs> kept like posting pictures, <laughs> and somehow, the, so I don't know how that was. They were returning people are returning the hot dog for more, or like throwing them up or something. I don't know how that works. Speaking but. of hot dogs, and Washington,
2: by the way, one of my first experiences there was, uh, I guess, when you first went into the press box, there was like a check-in table where you mm-hmm. had to say "I'm here," which I've never seen before in any yeah, press box. Weird. And then they, at, at that point, they would give you a ticket. That you would use to redeem at halftime for your food. That feels so demeaning. So here's <laughs> you your little ticket. <laughs> so I didn't have my ticket because I didn't check in, and at halftime I waited in this long ass line, and they just have boiled hot dogs. Like it was whatever garbage spread they had, and I don't want. to need a was, ticket. Was boiled hot dogs at this game in 2014 or 15 or whatever it was, and uh, I went up, and they're like, "Where's your ticket?" And I'm like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> and they're like, "You need a ticket to get uh, food." And I was like, "Well." Um, where do I get that? And they're like at the table over there. I'm like, so I gotta, I gotta go over there. and I gotta wait in a long line again. I mean, you can't just, I can't just get my boiled hot dog and get on with my and go back to work. And they're like, no. <laughs> so I was like, all right, forget it. I don't need, I don't need. I'm just skipping the hot dog.
1: I don't want your hot dog.
2: <laughs> I want your hot dog anyway. Uh, this is before I did press box food. This is before I did food reviews. They would have got so gotten, insane. They would have gotten crushed
1: the for that. Why would you need it, Jimmy? Why would you pot (laughs) like? Are they worried about someone like you go back for second hot dog, (laughs) like five hot dogs?
2: But that was the point. Like, you weren't allowed to go back for for seconds, is is sort of the point. And that's right. You look at these franchises, and like, that is the sign of a garbage. That's Dan Snyder. It's a that is a sign of a trash organization. You can't go back for a second boiled
1: hot dog. What do you like? money are you really saving versus <laughs> right. you're pissing media off like it's just not how is that worth it at all right. like what money could you possibly be saving by not letting someone have two hot dogs i want to go back for like a, some more uh, chip, potato chips nope yeah you need a
2: ticket nope. sorry can i get a refill of my water no you need to take it. <laughs> a ticket
1: sorry refill is that true i, I don't know i don't know it probably <laughs> is there um that's it's a disgrace it's so it's sad um sad for us people media people who cover the game that's right we're not getting our how hot dare dogs they and coke, as how, d- how dare
2: they not feed us filet mignon every
1: <laughs> like like the cowboys <laughs> that's the do. thing it's not even like really nice like a nice you know piece of food that like are expensive it's a freaking hot dog yeah and i need a ticket for this yeah that's crazy that's so nuts um all right so that's our final thoughts for this week Eagles can go to three and O if they beat the Commanders and be in a really good spot. They'd be underrated to me in terms of like it's not just what your record is, but like the value of your wins and losses in terms of Eagles will be three and O in the NFC as a whole, the NFC record if they win this game. Um, they already have currently a nice little tiebreaker over Washington in terms of the common games. Uh, one with the Washington losing to the Lions and the Eagles beating them. So if it comes down to that, that's a nice little uh, card to have in your pocket, if you will. Obviously beating the commanders will give them the head to head and the boost them to one and zero in the division. Um, Which if the Cowboys lose, they'd be zero and one in the division. zero and two in the NFC as a whole. Uh, Because they're currently, they have the one win over AFC team. Giants are what one and oh, and the NFC win over the Panthers, also the win over the Titans, and then the commanders only have one win right now, and that is with an AFC team as well. So, like, less valuable win. So, um, maybe that's all obvious, but I always like to think about those extra things because the tiebreakers can come and play. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, why not? Why not another Eagles win? That would be good for the podcasting, yep, and the discourse, and and then also keep those page views pumping, baby. That and also the world where the Eagles lose to Carson Wentz could get ugly. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Not not might might not look too pretty, but uh, we will see how it goes. All right. BGN Radio 276. I'm Brandon Lee Gowton at Brandon Gauten on Twitter and Instagram. Check my work out at com. Jimmy Kemsky at Jimmy Kemski on Twitter and Instagram. Check out his work at phillyvoice.com. You want to check out righteous felon craft jerky at righteousfelon.com felon.com use discount code. BGN 20 for 20% off your order right now until the end of the month. You want to use roachrealtors.com to contact Kristen Roach, or you can call or text this phone number. 856-906-9295. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, we will be having more coverage for you here on the Bleeding Your Nation podcast feed, so make sure you subscribe. We'll get to reading some ratings and reviews. Well, we can't read the the five-star rating other than that it is a rating. Read some some reviews so we can read those. Check out all the other podcasts we have going on, including the post-game show you want to tune into. It goes live right after the game on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel. You can check it out there. Also, Jimmy, the SB Nation NFL show where... We will not only be talking about the Eagles-Commanders game, but all of the Week 3 games, except for Thursday Night Football, we'll react to Thursday Night Football. It's the SB Nation NFL show, The Look Ahead, with me, RJ Ochoa, from the NFC East Mixtape as well, and Rob Stats Carrera. That's a fun one. People are having a good time listening to that. So check that out as well for your national discourse that we can get to. Uh, And I think that's it. So we will talk to you next week after the Eagles are 3-0. We'll see. Goodbye
0: everybody. B G N